Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. I just come to lift up your name, Father, and I you know, thank you, Father, that you are the one that brings us together, Father. We are here for you, Lord, and because of you, Father. And we really just want to come and lift up your name, Father, and I you know, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here working in every heart, Lord. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you just come and shift our focus, Lord, to an internal perspective, Father, to, to see what you are busy with, Father, and how we can labor with you, Lord, in building the things that you want us to build, Lord, while we are here on earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Cool, guys. So the topic for tonight is building on the eternal foundation and giving meaning to life on earth. Now, just before we, we go into that, you know, Werner, is, he was at PE this morning ministering at one of the churches there. He'll maybe rock up sometime soon, depending on the traffic from Joburg. But he always has a little vote, and I just want to do the same tonight, and it kind of ties into the sermon tonight. So this morning, everybody was on the one side. There was literally no one that voted for the second option. And I think we're going to have more or less the same thing happening here tonight. So the one option, very persuasive, I also said, you know, I was a sales rep for, for a long time in my life, but I'm not sure that I, I, I can sell this to anyone. But the one option is for us to live our whole lives in such a way that it has absolutely no meaning and no eternal significance. That's the one option. The second option is then to live a life that has meaning, that has purpose, and that has eternal significance. I know it's a difficult choice here tonight. So let me just quickly see who votes for the life with no purpose and no meaning? Nobody. Who votes for the life with purpose, significance, and meaning? All of us. Great. We, we in unity, the morning service and the evening service here. But the reason why I share it, you know, there was a a book that a guy called Rick Warren, a pastor in America, brought out. And the title of the book was, What on Earth Am I Here For? And in its specific category, it was the most sold book by far. Millions and millions and millions of people bought this book because they have this question. You know, if we are going to be with Jesus in heaven one day, why are we here? What are we doing on earth? You know, and how do we give significance to this time on earth? You know, the atheists and the people that, that don't believe in God, they live their lives trying to at least leave something behind for the generation that is to come. But they don't live with an eternal focus because they don't believe in eternity. They don't believe in life after death. You know, and they say that you die twice on earth. The first time is when you literally die. And the second time is the last time someone mentions you or the work that you've done on earth. Then you, you die a second time. And but for us as Christians, we know that there's eternity waiting. You know, there's some, something we can do to, to build up eternal wealth in heaven one day. And there's a certain way that we can live that, like Mari shared, what happened here tonight as we worship God, it's moments like these that echo into eternity. It's moments like these that really has an eternal significance. And as the church, we should live that way because it would be insanity to know that we can live a certain way to give meaning to life and choose not to do it. It would be totally insanity. It makes no sense. You know, if we know that we can live a certain way, give meaning to life, give purpose, 
or we can live a life that, that gives no purpose. And like Marie said, you know, there's that famous quote from Gladiator, what, whatever we do in life echoes in eternity. Who knows that quote? And it sounds nice, but it's not true. Only some things we do in life will echo into eternity. Other things will come to a brief end, very sudden end. And there will be no mention of it for eternity. It would be as if it never existed. Some people's whole lives work, everything they did, just be wiped away. No significance, no meaning. Quite a, a tragic story. And, and what I want to propose to us tonight is there is a specific place building on the eternal foundation that is Jesus. And if we build on Jesus as our foundation through the leading of the Holy Spirit, we give meaning to life on earth. We live with purpose and we build things that will echo into eternity. And just to briefly state before we begin, you know, there's three types of people on earth. The first type is the people that ignore the foundation. You know, it's like Aubrey shared at intercession 1 Peter 2 from the 7 and 8. And it says that the cornerstone that the builders rejected has become the foundation, the chief cornerstone. And it's become a stumbling block to some because they disobey the word of God like they were destined to do. So they ignore the foundation. They know it's there. Some people don't know the foundation is there, so they, they're ignorant of it in another way. But the people ignore the foundation. They don't want to build upon it. They know about Jesus, but they shift that to the side. And that was true of the religious leaders in Jesus' day as well. Then there's a second group of people. These people know about the foundation. They see the foundation. They look at the foundation. But that's where it ends. We know the foundation is there. We know it has meaning in our life, but, but we're not really interested in building on the foundation. It's cool. We'll, we'll live here, and one day when Jesus comes, we'll spend eternity with him. And then there's a third group of people, the people that actually build on the foundation. It brings heaven down to earth, and they live for eternal purpose. But also there's people that build on the foundation with the wrong things, and that also doesn't last. So I hope I can give us four points tonight. I'm going to try not to be too long. That can help us. Live this life on earth with meaning as we build on an eternal foundation. The scripture we're going to read through is 1 Corinthians 3. It's quite a small chapter. So let's read it together on the board. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants, nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. For you are God's fellow worker, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I lay a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. 
If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you think that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he might become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. With a pole or Apollos or Kephas, or the world or life or death, or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Wonderful piece of scripture, but let's like any good builder, just start by first looking at the foundation. It says there in verse 11, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And then again in Isaiah 20, 28 verse 16, God prophesying about Jesus that is to come. It says, Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Look, I'm placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is precious cornerstone. That is safe to build upon. Beautiful passage of scripture. You know, and two things stand out. Firstly is the fact that we cannot lay a foundation. For our salvation and for our good works. We, we're incapable of doing that. You know, it's as if God sent us to earth. And he gave us special gifts and, and things that we can do. And, and we can build things but no foundation can be laid. You know, we, can't, we can't lay it ourselves. And the reason is twofold. Firstly is... Because we as men are incapable, because we are finite beings, to lay the internal foundation. You know, God says in Isaiah 64 verse 6 that our best works are like filthy rags. And what the scripture is trying to say, not everything that we do that is good, God considers to be filthy rags. No, but it's speaking of when we try and build up our own righteousness, when we try to lay our own foundation for salvation and for our good works, then it's filthy rags. It will never measure up. There's only one thing that can wash us white as snow. There's only one thing that can redeem us and make us forever belong to God again. And that is Jesus Christ and his completed work on the cross. You see, and then twofold, only God could come and lay eternal foundation because there is only one eternal being. And that is God. So the only one that could lay the foundation came. Jesus. Paid with his life. Laid the foundation so that we can build upon that and so be connected with God again. You know, and in life, there, there's many places where we think that there's good things to invest in. I'm not saying that we shouldn't invest in things in life. It's not what I'm saying. You know, we should take care of the people that, that's coming afterwards, the generations, you know, our kids. We should try and live in such a way that there will be enough things for them to go to college one day, have a good education, and all of those things. Even if there's good investments, you know, God calls us to be good stewards of the things that he has given us. So if you see a good investment, invest in those things. And like I said this morning, as well, my wife's now here tonight. I've many times tried to convince her that I want to invest in something or buy something because it has a, a lifespan value. Who's ever tried to do that? No, my love, this is the only one we'll ever need. It was advertised that way on Verimark. And look how difficult it is to cut with these knives. You know, we've seen that ad advertisements and we laugh, you know, before this new invention, there was absolutely no way to do what, whatever it is that they wanted to do. 
And then I don't want to cut, they cut it like this. And, and it's funny, but many times we fall for that. And then there is good places to invest on earth, and there is certain things that have a lifespan of value, and it will last a very long time. But there's only one place where we can build upon and invest that will last into eternity. And that is on Jesus Christ, the foundation. It doesn't matter how, how well we try and build. If it's not on that foundation, it won't last. And C.H. Spurgeon actually says it well. It says on the next slide, However quick, however clever a man may build, if the foundation be unsound, he is a foolish builder. And ever slowly, however laboriously a man may proceed, his building will not put him to shame if he has set his walls erect upon a firm foundation. And I just love the way he states it, you know, no matter how well, how big, how clever, how smart, how long, how many people join together, if it's not set upon Jesus as the foundation, it will not stand. It will not last. It will eventually put us to shame and it will just be wiped away. And it's a, a very sad thing, you know. See, because the foundation for our salvation and good works has, has already been laid by Jesus. No one can lay another foundation. The foundation has already been laid. You know, and it's so beautifully for me because then we can start building on that foundation. And whenever I think about, you know, this concept of God that came in and first did a work in our lives so that they can flow good works out of our lives. I think about music and dancing. You know, in the same way that we cannot build our own foundation, it would be the same as if all of us would go outside to the lawn and, and we started to, to dance until music started playing randomly. And it doesn't work that way. The music will never start to play. Nobody danced for music to start playing. You see, we dance because music's already playing. And when the music's already playing and we feel like dancing, then it makes sense. And the same is true with this foundation that Jesus came to lay for us. Because the foundation is already laid, that is why we can build upon that foundation. That is why we can live our lives of eternal value. And that takes us to the first point. Jesus is the only eternal foundation. And it's so beautiful for me, you know, because like I said, God comes and, and He does this work because He knows he knows that we can't. You know, he's given us a lot of things, a lot of skills in life, you know, and we can, we can build cool walls and, and we, can, we can lay the tiles and we can paint the building and we can decorate it. But we cannot lay the foundation. Only Jesus can. And what's so beautiful, you know, when Paul speaks about Jesus as the foundation, he's not listing a couple of foundations and then saying that, in his opinion, Jesus is the best. And he's not saying that there's three foundations. The one is a bit sketchy. I wouldn't advise you to build on that one. It looks a bit flimsy. There's a third foundation that looks okay. But in my opinion, I'll, I'll rather build on the foundation that is Jesus. No, it's no comparison. See, Jesus is the only. Like God says in Scripture, beside me there is no Savior. He's the only true foundation. And I really encourage us tonight, you know, just to bring it home. Have you ever considered, have you taken the time to think, but where am I building? Any good builder first looks at the foundation before he starts building. I want to ask us that question tonight. Have we considered our foundation? Have we sat with God and, and asked ourselves, you know, Lord, am I building upon the foundation that you've already laid? Or am I trying to build my own foundation? And we can answer that with a simple question. Whenever someone comes to you and they ask you, you know, why do you think you can go to heaven one day? What do you think qualifies you? And the moment we think to ourselves, you know, that I've been to church a couple of times and 
You know, I, I did Sunday school when I was young. Obviously, I did bad things because we're human. We all do. But, but I think that the good things outweigh the bad. Then we're in a dangerous space because we're trying to lay our own foundation. You see, we're looking to ourselves and the things that we have done for the foundation. But the moment we know with certainty that Jesus came and he laid the foundation, and I know for certain that I'm standing upon that rock, that is why I know that I can be with, it, with Jesus for eternity one day. Then we're on a firm foundation. Then we're at the right place. She's like Jesus tries to explain to the people in Matthew 7 from verse 24 and onwards. And we all know that song, you know, uh, a foolish man builds his house on the sand, a wise man builds his house on the rock. Beautiful song. True song, scripture, powerful. And, uh, you know, we know that song. And Jesus says, you know, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, he's that clever man. Whoever experiences the salvation of God and it flows through his life, he can know for certain that he has set his walls erect upon a firm foundation. You know, and while that quote of C.H. Persian is, is quite cool, it's, it's only half true. You see, he says that when we build on the correct foundation, whatever we build will not put us to shame, but that is not true. We know that we can build stupid things on great foundations. So there's also a place where we go to the right foundation, but what we build will still put us to shame. Look at the next slide. It says then, verse 10 to 15, Like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. No one, if, now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. And what's very important to note here, Paul is not coming and saying, listen here guys, there was two different people. The one built on the eternal foundation, that is Jesus, and he received the reward. And a second man came in and he built on the wrong foundation and that's why his work was burnt up. Now he says they let each one take care how he builds upon this foundation. And it's now not speaking about the foundation that we're building upon, but the building material that we are using. The one uses gold, silver, and precious stones. The other one built with wood, hay, and straw. See, the one that, that built with the eternal things, he received the reward for eternal life. And the other one suffered loss and his work was burnt. And it says there that though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. And what that means is, you know, in Paul's day, what you had was what you had. There was no places to go and store your stuff or a bank to keep your money in. Everything that you had was with you, either on your farm or the house that you lived. And this paints the picture of a fire coming through, burning up literally everything. And God comes past and he just pulls you out of the fire. And that is what you have left of your whole life's work. Just yourself and the clothes that didn't get burnt. That is how you stand there. And just to state the point tonight, you know, both people will still receive the greatest reward. Both will be with Jesus in heaven one day for eternity. And that is what we long for. That is the greatest treasure. That is the greatest prize. Not heaven, Jesus. In heaven for eternity. That is the greatest prize. And both will receive that prize. And in heaven there will be no jealousy. 
There will be no strife. There will be no envy. But some people will have things that other people won't. So we have to think about it. And it also says, by the deeds given to us, God says that if I've placed you over certain things and you are a good and faithful servant, I will place you over much more in my kingdom. So there will also be works that we get. And I'm not sure how it's going to be. Nobody's going to be envious or jealous of one another. But I want to have those things. don't know about you. I wonder what it's going to be. I don't know. Maybe a very cool mug. I don't know. Maybe nice coffee. Who knows, we're going to drink some good coffee in heaven one day, and then maybe it's a good coffee machine that'll last to eternity. And, I, and now you must remember that the effects of the fall isn't there. The coffee machine doesn't get dirty. You don't have to clean it. If you've used the mug to drink out of it, it remains clean. You don't have to wash it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not sure how it will work. But I don't know. I'm for one, I, I want to live for those things. You know, because again, it won't have a lifespan's value. It will have an eternal value. It will be there for eternity. That takes us to the second point. Only gold, silver, and precious stones will remain. Now there's this one guy, and he speaks about, to his children about the people that taught him how to pray. And he says that there's a specific group of people. They were on their farm, and there was a little mountain on their farm. And these specific people would spend days and weeks praying fasting, seeking the face of God in that mountain. And uh, his children asked him, do you think we will see them in heaven one day? And he says, no, I don't think so. And the children look quite shocked and they ask him, why is that? And he says, I think they'll be so close to the throne of God that I won't see them. You see, so how he interpreted it is when we go and sit at the feast that God has prepared for us, these people will have the seat of honor. They'll be closer to God than the rest. And hey, there's going to be a lot of people in heaven one day. So these people, he says, is going to be close to God. And even if that is the reward, that is the greatest reward, to be closer to God. And, and, and we still, just to say again, there won't be jealousy or envy or any, any of that. But there will be a better seat, maybe. And I, I want to live for that. So just to state, you know, just like building on the wrong foundation, also if we build with the wrong material, it won't last. It won't echo into eternity, no matter how cool the quote is will suddenly come to an end. And you know, something that really gets me is the fact that the guy doesn't receive a reward, that's okay because he'll be with heaven one day. But literally everything he lived for in life, every moment, every penny, every minute, all of his energy, what he invested it into, it counts as nothing. It's just wiped away. And if just, for example, someone would come to him in heaven and says, you know, what did life on earth mean to you? He would say, they have no meaning. It has none. Everything's gone. Wiped away. And we can live in that same way, you know, literally giving no meaning to life on earth. Living with no purpose. And everything that we're investing our time and energy into will just be wiped away. Nobody will speak of it, remember it. It will just be gone. And that is what is sad for me. And when we as the church know this and still live like that, that is insanity. That must be a definition of insanity somewhere in some dictionary. You know, but just now to ask ourselves, you know, when we get to this point, how can we then be sure that we are building on the right foundation and building with the right building material on this foundation? I want to give us two points tonight. The one is a very broad point that has to deal with every aspect of life. You know, our work life, our, our, the way we love our husband or our wife, the way we raise our children, the way we are with the people around us. 
And then the second point, I just also want to give us a specific point. That we can say if the Holy Spirit leads us to build here, we can know that we are definitely building something eternal. So look at the problem that the Corinthian church had. It says there in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit. So there we can get a glimpse of where Paul is going. It says, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. For if you are still of the flesh, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? You see, the, the problem that the Corinthians have is and it's something that we do today as well, is we believe that the moment we become Christians and we are part of the church, all of a sudden anything we do has eternal value. We believe that we can still live in the same way and we can still do the same thing, but because we are now saved, it all of a sudden has eternal value and now it will echo into eternity. But that is not true. And in fact, we should be very careful because this is why God warns in verse 17 that he will destroy those who bring destruction to the temple because he says we are the temple of God. And as the church, we are called to go and change the world, the places where we work, the people around us, you know, all of those areas in life, we are supposed to bring positive change. But then God warns, if you bring your worldly ways into the church, which is the temple of God, and by doing so, you bring destruction to the church. God is not going to be happy with that. You know, and we can do that. We can bring destruction. We can bring earthly ways of thinking and doing into the temple of God, which is his people. But he calls us to go and, and bring a change. Not only because we are saved does everything have eternal value, there's still ways in which we can live. And you see, it contrasts here two things, the work of the flesh, and then if we live by the Spirit. So whenever we try and do something out of human effort or out of our sinful nature, it automatically turns what we're doing into wood, hay, and straw, and it won't last. But if we live by the Spirit, then we give eternal value to the things around us. The following scripture states it beautifully in Galatians 5, verse 16 to 17. It says there, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Now this passage of Scripture speaks about how we should live our lives after we've come to know God. And we see there that we should live as people who are led by the Spirit. And the Afrikaans actually says it so beautifully, you know, to translate it directly. It says there that Paul addressed them and he said, Brothers and sisters, I cannot speak to you as people who let themselves be led by the Spirit of God. You see, it's a choice that we need to make. God doesn't come and grab certain people and say, You will now be led by the Spirit. No, but it should come from a place of our lives where we surrender to God and say, Lord, we are choosing to let ourselves be led by your Spirit, to lay down our own sinful ways, to lay down our own motivations and reasons for doing things, and we want you to come and work through our lives. Now, the, the things in our lives are not always bad. You know, God gives us certain things that, that we long for, certain things that we are passionate about, and he has given us those desires so that we can live out those things. But we should always check whether we are led by the Spirit of God or not. Because the flesh and the spirit is always contradicting one another. If not indeed, it will be in reason or motivation. And then when it's easy to see a great deed, you know, maybe jealousy, strife, anger, fighting, or drunkenness, or what, whatever the case may be, those things are easy to see. Okay, this is definitely not a work that comes from the spirit of God. This is, this is a fleshly thing, and I should give it to God and, and say, God, work, work through this area in my life. But when it becomes difficult, 
is when we're doing a godly thing, but with the wrong motivation or reason. Then we should really test our hearts to see where we are going with this. Because the motivation can also determine whether it has eternal value or not. And that takes us to the third point. The Holy Spirit leads us to build with gold, silver, and precious stones. You see, we can do exactly the same thing, but with the wrong motivation. Let's take work, for example. So the scripture says in Colossians 3, verse 23, I think that whatever you do, do as unto God and not as unto men, and from the Lord you will receive your reward. So now you're at work and you're working, and, and one guy comes and really out of humility, he's saying, Lord, that whatever I'm busy doing, the work that you've given me to do, at Sassel, at the school, wherever you might find yourself, I'm doing it firstly as unto you. And all of a sudden, what he is doing is giving eternal value to that thing. The second person comes, does exactly the same work, but he comes with pride and arrogance. He says, now I'm, I'm doing this for myself, or either I'm doing it for the people around me, to be seen by the people around me. I want a, a tap on the back from someone to say, you know, well done. Jesus says, you've already then received your reward. And then you've turned what you're busy building into wood, hay, and straw. And when the day comes, it will be burned by fire. You know, the same with serving in church. You can come and maybe serve in the band. And the one comes out of a place of humility. And he just wants to serve God. And what he's doing is really eternal things that he's building. Another person comes, sings the, songs, sings the same song, plays the same instrument. But he comes out of a place of pride. And wants to be seen by people. And all of a sudden, the same thing gets turned into wood, hay, and straw, and it has no eternal value. It just loses that value. And then obviously you can go and read in Galatians 5, it gives a list of the fruit of the Spirit. So whatever we do in life with the fruit of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, it gives eternal value to those situations. But many times it's unhelpful to just leave it here. You know, if I say you must build on Jesus with gold, silver, and precious stones, and the Holy Spirit will lead you to do that, it's a bit open for interpretation. You know, we can find ourselves wandering now through the week. Am I really busy building eternal things now or not? So just to also give us a specific place where we can know if the Spirit leads you here to build, you can know that you're busy with an eternal thing. And to get to that place, we need to ask ourselves two questions. The first one is, what is God's reason for laying the foundation? What does He want to build? Because obviously, if he lays the foundation, he wants to build something. And then the second question, how can we partner with God to build what he is already building? The next passage of scripture explains it beautifully. It says there in verse 7, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. Speaking about evangelism and discipleship. But only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. So we can see what they were busy doing was good because God is going to give them their reward. And God is also involved in that because he made it grow. So God is involved in whatever they're busy doing. And then it says there, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. We are what God is busy building on that eternal foundation. Speaking about the body of Christ. So we see there that Paul and Apollos, they come and they do the work of evangelism, adding people to the body of Christ and discipleship, building up the body of Christ. And God is involved in that because he makes it grow. And he says that the body of Christ, that is 
what he wants to build on that eternal foundation. That is the reason he laid that foundation. You see, whenever we let the Holy Spirit lead us, it will come to this place where we in humility and unity work with one another to build up the body of Christ. It says in Ephesians 11 verse 12 that he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. That is our work of the ministry. That is what he has called us to do, is to build up the body of Christ. And whenever the Holy Spirit leads us to build up the body of Christ, we can know for certain that we are busy with an eternal work. That takes us to the last point. The body of Christ is the eternal building on the eternal foundation. You see, both things will last for eternity. The eternal foundation will stand and the temple of God, the body of Christ, will stand on that foundation because when Jesus comes back on judgment day, what is he coming back for? What is he coming to? To come and bring into eternity forever with him, his bride, the body of Christ. Eternal foundation and eternal building, both will last. And you know, just that fact, you know, that building up the body of Christ, broadly speaking, again, evangelism and discipleship, but I want to really encourage you guys, if you want to be more specific, ask yourself, what is the gifts that God has given you in your life? How is he leading you to build up the people around you? And how are you allowing the people around you to build you up? To equip you for the work of the ministry. And I'd really encourage you guys, go and see God. Walk a road of discipleship with the people around you. And let God show him. Seek him until you know for certain that this is the specific place where God has called me to build up the body of Christ. Because again, the reward we'll receive is not a lifespan's reward. It's eternal. It will last for eternity. It will not be swept away. Or we can continue living just for the here and the now and we will have no meaning in life and everything will just be swept away. I really encourage us. See God. Let Him show you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to where you should build up the body of Christ and give meaning to life on earth. Let's stand tonight and pray.